1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos, I'm
3: Rashan. You can call me Sean. I'm Lives.
2: This week on the podcast, we are speaking with Toby Jimmy. Hey guys, what's good? Hey! hey. Um, how's Hello. everybody doing? Good.
1: Good, good. Doing very good. well.
2: Um, so today we have an interesting conversation that we're having. We've talked about religion on the podcast before, but today we are entering the world of reality, religion, television. Yeah. So we are joined by Toby, um, who is the founder of WTalk, which is a faith, lifestyle and entertainment platform, who just launched the UK's first reality show about a black family in ministry. And so today we'll be talking about religion, faith content in media, portrayal of religion in the media and this new reality show. So thanks Toby for joining us. No, ladies, thanks for having me. I'm just like, yes, I've made it. <laughs> so
4: thank
2: you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. Um, so before, one of the things that we ask all of our guests um, is kind of allowing themselves to introduce themselves, <laughs> and then also what makes you a dope black woman. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you think uh, makes you a dope black woman.
4: Oh my goodness, what <laughs> makes me a dope black woman? Oh no, I don't know about that. But okay. <laughs> um, i'll say a little bit about myself um so toby ollie jimmy i am married to who i like to call my premium chocolate husband
1: oh Ooh. i love hey. that yes. yes. a yes. chocolate
4: chumming <laughs> i'm telling you um so um we just recently celebrated our eight years um wedding anniversary but i've been together with him since we were like 18 so that's a whole oh my God. that's oh, nice. like my congratulations yes. yeah thank you um we have two children um one is four, one's one, one little a boy at four and a little girl one years old. Also, um, when I'm doing all of that, I'm a producer, I'm a speaker, um, I'm actually a lawyer, so I'm a qualified lawyer, but I'm not practising anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Christian. So for me, what really is my heart and my passion is to really sort of communicate faith to a culture. Um, I think faith and the Christian faith have been really distant from culture today. And I think, for me, I want to find innovative ways great stories to be told um, in mainstream places to reach different corners of the world. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what makes me a dope black woman. I just... I feel like you said it, honey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but thanks.
2: Do you know what's really dope, actually, is I think you're the first guest that we've had, particularly the first female guest that we've had, that led with their personal life and how important it was to them like you know most people oh, that come really? on the podcast talk about like they're professional and they're, they're a boss in this area but you're a boss at yeah. home and that's something that we don't really celebrate often enough the multifaceted nature of black women handling work but also prioritizing their household you know
4: yeah yeah I mean family's super important to me I think it's pretty- Black families too. It's just, it's really, they're really, really important to me. I think they're the heart of strong communities. You know, this whole, I'll keep telling my cousin this whole nuclear life where it's like, I didn't grow up in that nuclear life. I've got auntie here, auntie there. You know, so like for me, family's super important. I think if you've got a fam- healthy family life, it helps with everything else. So yeah,
3: mm, I think um, what, what makes you a dope black woman from what you said is that you you're on a journey of normalizing religion in mainstream media. Without, mm. um, like, sticking to stereotypes. Yeah,
4: yeah, I and
3: think that's, that's been really a hustle. Important. I think that's really, really important because I. But when we spoke about, um, religion on the episode before. I spoke about a pastor that I really admire called Mike Todd, who's in America. Mm. And I think, do you know him? Yeah, love him, love My him. guy, hey. <laughs> oh My guy. <God. laughs> and, like, the reason why he's so relatable and the reason why he's touching so many people's lives, particularly young people, is because he makes it normal and he's very accepting yeah. and open to, like, his own battles and journey with Christ. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So I think, I, I really think that what you're doing is sick and I personally don't know anybody else that's out there doing that. There could be, nah. but I don't know them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no I appreciate that I think like religion Christianity it gets a really bad rep and I think you know it, faith is always going to polarize it's always going to be a conversation starter mm-hmm. so you know I'm not really out here trying to tell people how to live their lives but I do think that there are stories to be told um, in authentic ways to show how people are demonstrating faith in their life and I think Um, Whether you believe or you don't believe, it will resonate with you in some way. Um, And I think Mike Togg is, I completely agree with you. I think he's, he's, he is dope. And I think he's doing it because he's being authentic. I think typically with the church, if, if we're honest, we, you know, we put forward this sort of perfect perception, like everything's Mm -hmm. perfect, everything's clean. There's no way there's, you know, there can be no cracks. Don't show any cracks. And I think Mm -hmm. in doing so we've, we've set ourselves up, but also we've, we've sort of said, look, you know, you've got to come to this sort of standard before you can come in. where Mike Todd's, like, levering the playing field and he's basically saying, this is just my journey. And, mm-hmm. like, his story, there's so many other stories out there that make, will make great TV. So, yeah.
1: What do you think of some of the... Um the negative stereotypes that have kind of followed black church then, especially in the UK. Because I'm trying to think of like the representation I see on mainstream television or in mainstream of just black churches in general in the last couple of years. Um, and the only one I can really think of is, um, oh my God, I've forgotten the name now. <laughs> what is it? What is it? The one that's like really controversial. It's it's is Netflix. it in the UK or is it US? Greenleaf? No, no, not a show. I mean, like, a real-life church. Oh, oh, oh Spack Nation. Yeah. That's the only time I've really seen black church get spoken about, you know, mainstream television and mainstream newspapers. And again, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a positive mm. light. Like. Wait, mm-hmm. what's Spack
2: Nation? Bring me up to speed. Oh, girl, where you been living <laughs>
1: on <don't> No, <know>, right? <laughs> where you been living? The hell? Clearly
2: not <laughs> in the same country as you guys. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a uh, it's a church. Um, it's definitely controversial because of its leaders, its practices. Um, some people feel like it's the kind of place that preys on people that are vulnerable and need somewhere to kind of call home. Um, it And they've done like, you know, documentaries trying to infiltrate it because it's very guarded community. Um, but yeah, that's the only time I've seen a black church really talked about in the mainstream television. Oh well, that's interesting.
4: World. And it's a shame really. Um it's a shame because, you know, we're not this if we'll be honest, representation in terms of the black community on T V in full stop and in mainstream media, full stop mm-hmm. um, you know, isn't great at the moment. So but the black church in the UK still remains a massive part of the black community. Mm. Um, lots of people who are first generation, whether African or Caribbean, who came here, you know, they had parents or grandparents or you know uncles or aunties that sort of you know dragged them to church. grew up in church, I knew I had to sit on Sunday. Doesn't matter what happened, I was in church <laughs> by fire by force. I was sitting <laughs> in church. Do you know what I mean? And I have friends who can also relate to that. So whether you obviously. You you know, grow up and you make your own decision, of course. Um, but actually, it is ingrained in a lot of our a lot of our childhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for that not to be shown on TV, for that not to be reflected in mainstream media, I think is sad. Um, in regards to your question, in regards to the negative um, nature of 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 church itself, I think church here is a real thing. I think with everything, there is there is an abuse that takes place, and I think church deals with spirituality it deals with one soul it deals with mental health um there's a lot of emotional connection to church um and i think because of that there's breeding it's a breeding ground for great stuff but it also can be a breeding ground for abuse in some areas um I think there's a negative rep just because of what comes off of the states as well, um, in terms of this whole prosperity, in terms of you just see pastors just with their massive houses and their, you know. Fancy um, cars. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. fancy cars. And, you know, they're asking for their, their seventh offering. And, you know, and, <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, people in the church are, are struggling to pay their bills. And I think that tends to be the narrative that we hear. Um, if it's not that then it's of course you're going to be judged you're going to be um which I think is just a shame because you know there's so much there's so much to church that is actually good there's so much to church that um enriches life but unfortunately that isn't that isn't what's told there's a show on um BBC One which you probably don't even watch because I'm a bit of a TV geek called Call the Midwife. Maybe you do watch it, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. But-
2: right. I no, was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <You
4: know? laughs> like, no, they don't watch <laughs> don't Call the Midwife. You should watch Call the Midwife. I'm telling you, it's such a beautiful show. But um, what I loved was uh, they sort of touched a little bit on, like, they did, like, a sickle cell storyline. And, like, back... It's set, like, in, like, 1950s. So it's set, like, early, sort of... It, well, I say early, but... Our post-World War II, um East End, um, and there's a black nurse, there's a black midwife, and she sort of shows her story of racism and all of that. But she, when you look at her journey, she met her love, she met her now-husband, she met it through the church, and it was from the Windrush generation. When they came, just, they didn't, and even a lot of people, immigrants that came, they didn't have any way to connect. They mm. weren't in each other's jobs. They weren't... Um, you know, a lot of them weren't neighbours, um, and so they were. If, if you like in a fo- not even if you like, they were in a foreign land. So typically, where these people connected was church. Mm-hmm. Um, where these people came together, what bound them together as family was their unite. Was their their their, their um, unity and faith. Um, and so, and I think that's depicted really well in an episode of Call the Midwife. If I find it, I'll be sending it to you guys. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it also resonates as in our upbringing now. And I think we do not see that in on, on mainstream media. What we do see are rich pastors and poor congregants. So yeah.
2: It's interesting because what you said about religion being such an embedded part of black culture. And I agree with that because I think even... People who aren't religion, religious, or who reject religion wholeheartedly, still have very uh, spiritual ways of being. Like it's very just embedded within our culture, morals, values, normative values. Um, and is that, is that something that you mentioned that you grew up with? That so, what was your journey with religion that led you to creating W Talk, and what was the aim in doing that?
4: Yeah, so, you know, I've always, as I say all, I mean, I grew up in church. So I, as I said, my parents are strong believers. Like, it wasn't an option. We were going to be in church. <laughs> um, and that was all of us. Um, I'm, I'm one of five. So I come from a big household and everyone's had their own different individual journeys with faith. Mm-hmm. My brothers, my sisters. Um, but for me, you know, I, as an adult, chose to continue to believe um, and, be, and be a Christian. And that has always impacted Many of my decisions, you know, to how I raise my children to, you know, decisions. I mean, I didn't have sex before I got married. Um, you know, it it just impacted, it still impacts how I live my life. Um, but when I became a lawyer, lawyer and I, you know, did the New York bar, went to New York, I had to qualify, I did all of that. And then I I sat down and I just felt like, again, you, I don't know if you've ever relate if you can relate to this, being in this big corporisation, just a little bit lost. Like, is this my purpose in life? Like... Mm is this what it is? Like you mm. clock in, you clock out. I remember I used to come in about nine o'clock. I used to go and eat a sausage sandwich, open my case <laughs>
3: files. <laughs> so, you know, you, know, you just you open
4: your case. You remember what been, what been when you were eating?
3: <laughs> even you were eating.
4: It's just, and you know, just one day I just sat down I just thought, this cannot be it. Um, and then I was on a, I was a second year at um, NBC Universal so I was working at NBC Universal for a little bit, um, doing in their corporate teams, and all over their walls and stuff, um, they had they, it said the content we create has the power to change the world, mm-hmm. the content we create has the power to change the world, and it just really resonated with me because I thought this, you know, these the studio is massive studio is creating content that is create that is impacting culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone like Channel E is a subsidiary to NBC, which has given us the lovely Kardashians. Mm. Look what they've done for the last decade and look yeah. what they've done for for culture. Like, whether it's how you contour your nose, whether it's your middle parting, whatever it may be, you'll be surprised. Like, <laughs> so true. like, so much of what our standard of beauty comes from these places. So it just really resonated. And I think w talk was sort of birthed in my heart at that point because I just thought, well, like, I can't just be... Negotiating contracts for them to be producing people like the Kardashians for us, for me to be chopping that content. Like, what am I putting out to the world? And mm. as I said, because faith resonated with me, and I looked around my rich culture I'm Nigerian, just the rich culture, richness of our culture, and the richness of my friends and families, and you know, the ups and downs of their lives. And I thought, well, this content should be changing the world, basically. um And then when I had my son, uh, I just did maternity leave, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna peace like and then yeah this is it i drew a line there and i went back to a lot of the people who are in still in the industry a lot of white men if i'm to be completely honest with you because they are the real gatekeepers of the industry Mm. um and they're not christian they're not believers or anything like that but i just authentically spoke about my faith and my belief and the fact that I'm a Christian. And then, you know, I spoke about just some of the numbers. I, you know, if you look at some of these conferences, look at something like Hillsong. I don't know if you're familiar with the church Hillsong. But, yeah. you know, Hillsong packs out O2 Arena every every summer. Wow. You you know, like Coldplay kind of size conferences, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you think, look at the sheer number of Christians sort of like millennial christians um and then i just said they're this is massively underserved no one's talking to them no one's creating content for them is there something we could do here and then that's sort of how w talk um was born yeah
2: wow that's insane so yeah you mentioned white men being the gatekeepers and mm. what was your was yourself purely the potential economic value of it like was was there any other incentive in terms of getting investors on board because the trailer is actually really funny and regardless of whether it's a religious setting religious setting or not like it's actually i found it extremely entertaining just watching Mm. yeah yeah
4: no i think so with Ramsey's realities, so Ramsey's reality comes under W talk, and W talk is sort of that the brand, if you like, um, and the brand is what you know more people are buyers and donors and all those sorts of things are more interested in, and I think people are drawn to it. If I'm to be honest with, with you, for multiple of reasons, um, I have one mentor who, you know, he's it's like true story. He he was an entertainment lawyer, and when I came out and I qualified, I literally emailed him probably weekly. Um, saying, can you give me a job? Can you give me a job? Can you give me a job? In the UK, there weren't many entertainment lawyers. In In LA, there's people like Nina Shaw, who is a boss who reps people like Ava DuVernay. And, you know, I, I went and met with people like those sort of queens, you know. But in the UK... Aww let me tell you something that that was a they're not if there are let me know because I was looking for you (laughs) um so um I emailed him like and and then one day he got back to me after like 11 months or something like that and that's nearly eight years ago because when I was a junior lawyer and so he has sort of journeyed my career so when I wanted to leave and I brought him this proposition I think it was twofold in that he's not a believer at all but I think it was it's true um Actually. I said I can read a live email that he sent to me, I think today. He we're looking at sort of slates and new shows and again like the Ramseys and he's like, I don't understand these what this is literally what he said. He said, I don't understand this world, but these are stories that need to be told. Um Aww. and I think for a lot of people and even though he's a middle class white man I think those are the things that drive him even though he's not religious even though he's not he just thinks as a creator as a producer as someone that is a veteran in the entertainment industry he he understands that these are not these are untold stories um mm. that and then of course the economic value that's there too because <laughs> no one doing nothing for free so so yeah I think those are the two things that really are pulling people and then with the ramses in terms of the actual ramses reality um i just think they're a great family they're pastors they're actual pastors in the uk they're young pastors in the uk and they're so non-conventional they break every i think they break almost every stereotype because they are going against the grain being authentically them so i knew that they are They they they're perfect for the screen they are pastors like you know, full time pastors—that's their job, and you know they've got a child who was pregnant at fifteen. Um, you can—you just go on Instagram, and even just the way that they um—they allow their children to dress. Um, let me tell you something. For some churches, they're like, mm, 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 mm. but they're so <laughs> dedicated. <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, they're so dedicated to letting their children be authentically them, um, themselves, and finding their own journey of faith um that i think they're just great tv um so yeah
1: this is the dope black women podcast
2: did you guys have a religious background shan you're religious but were you did you grow up being religious
3: yeah and i hated it (laughs) 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 so with me my um it was weird my mum didn't like actively make me pray before going to bed or like always do grace but One side of my family is, like, heavily religious. When I was around them, I was around that sort of um, vibe, if you want to call it that. But then it got to the point... So I used to go to church regularly, but I was very much disengaged. And I think I was disengaged from a lot of the points that Toby spoke about in terms of, like, the pressures to dress a certain way or be a certain way. And for me, being young, and probably due to how my character was, naturally, I rebelled against that and then became disengaged. So like I would wear jeans to my church, whereas like I'm 7th day Adventist, you can't really do that. Mm. But I would do that as a point to be like, who are you to me I can't wear jeans? How, what's I got to do if I'm a Christian or not? And like you couldn't really have piercings. If you see my ears, yeah, <laughs> I'm about six in this one ear. <laughs> like I wouldn't really allow it. And then, you know, when you're when you're when you're when you're being forced to go to church and you're not really creating a relationship with God that creates resentment that breeds resentment yeah. so that doesn't allow you to actually understand what the basis of faith is and that's what happened to me so when my mum was like you need to go to church in my head it was like why am I going to this place and then it wasn't until as I explained on the other episode before on my own journey I organically found God and I know what I get it now but that's not something yeah. that can be forced upon you and that's why we're not talking about Toby that is we're not talking about um the pastor's encouraging their children to be themselves, that's so important to see, especially on mainstream Mm
1: -hmm. platforms,
3: because if they decide to leave God or leave the faith, that's actually even better to see that on TV because then you're following their journey and they probably will come back because once you've had God in your life, you can't really leave it. Very true.
4: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so... You know, because if not, like, what happens is we have this sort of, like, behaviour modification. And it's where if you look, talk to all sorts of Christians, they sound the same. They dress the same. They look the same. They use the same lingua. Everything's... It's just not authentic. People are not being themselves. Like, how can everyone... If you ask someone, how are you? Oh, I'm blessed and highly fit. Like, it literally... <laughs> it's like, somewhere, somewhere, someone's lying. Like, somebody's lying. So no one talks like this, honestly. Um, and I just... Being in the church and also speaking in the church, it, it it for me it grieved me because it was like, I don't think this is what it's all about. I think it is about authenticity. I think it is about being completely yourself and that being enough. Um, and then you going on your journey of evolution, um, understanding the true basis of your faith, as opposed to me saying, Well, if you're a Christian, you should you should be A, you should be B, you mm-hmm. should sound and speak like this. And the Ramses do a great job. I mean, even just it's so funny because whenever we put out a show on W Talk, honestly, I always there's always two camps. So I always get into trouble with the more sort of super religious. I always get into trouble because <laughs> you know it's still so, it's always sort of like, what is this and Oh my gosh! This is it. How is this Christian and blah blah blah? And then the other camp is always like, "Yeah, come on, we want more of this sort of stuff." And um, it's so interesting to me because I always think, okay, so we we released a podcast, a four part podcast. Um, this beautiful girl who spoke us through her divorce, and she was divorced at thirty five, um, and it's called Life After Divorce, and she spoke about how the church sort of was kind of shunned her, um, bec- or just sort of said to her, you know, like. Why, what did you do, basically? And she also spoke about her actual healing and how she felt God really healed the pain of that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's really great. But then again, you've got people saying, you know, well, why are you promoting divorce? And it's like, well, we're not promoting divorce, just like I'm not promoting, if you like, quote unquote, teenage pregnancy. But these things happen in life. Mm -hmm. This is the realness of life like we need and I and I just I, as a believer I just believe that God is interested in our actual lives like mm. he's not it's not he doesn't want us to sort of like just recite psalms or the lord's prayer and it all be very distant like he he wants to know the like the intricate details of our life so I think when you're in a writers room or we're sort of around a table about what do we put out next and what do we do next we are looking for those stories where I think God's interested in them. And I think we're sort of like putting them to one side because they don't seem perfect. But actually, more times than not, people are like, oh, my gosh, thank you because I'm going through a divorce or thank you because Mm. actually I thought I was the only one that was dealing with mental health issues or whatever it is that's a taboo subject. We want to talk about those things so that let people know that they're not alone in it.
2: Yeah. How did you even find the Ramses Like, because I would imagine that within yeah. a Christian context, it's really hard to find someone who's willing to just let their lives be seen on national yeah. television.
4: Yeah. Yeah. No, you, it's a good question. So actually, cause I do, I, so I, am a speaker. I do a lot of speaking around. And, so, and Ramsey, Mrs. Ramsey, she's a speaker too. So we sort of know each other from that circuit. Um, but whenever we were at, we were at. Actually, it was a, it was a, one of those sort of like Christian conferences, and they have these side rooms for the "quote unquote" you know preachers and the people them, and they're always just they could be quite corporate if you like, and you know they're passing out orders and as I said, everyone's spitting their best Bible verses exactly how <laughs> as you would imagine it in the side room, you know everyone's holy in that room and so I was there and I'd gone to the conference by myself and I was just talking her. and then I just in the corner I saw Ajua Ramsey who's the mum and her husband Tim and they were sitting in the corner eating Subway on the floor (laughs) and (laughs) I literally and it was and it was actually quite a white room as well so I literally was like, so that's how I was supposed to, who are those black people? Then I looked closely and I was like, so you're just going to clean, sit down, eat Subway. You're like, I don't want these little eau d'oeuvres, d'oeuvres that you're sending out. I'm going to sit down and eat Subway <laughs> on the floor. And um, so I went up to them and I was like, obviously I know them from, I was like, what you, oh, I'm so happy you're here. What are you doing here? Eating? She's like, child, I ate that food. That food's not nice, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I just, I think it was at that point that I was like, how has no one given you a show? Like, how, if you can sit down in this room and still be yourself like this, and then for mm. after the weeks that followed i sort of said to them, have you ever thought about it um i would love to f- spend some time with your family so i went and i spent some time with them along with um another producer um and we both just pitched it to them and said this is what we want to do what would you what's your thoughts sort of thing and that's how I f- we started that journey yeah
3: her energy is lit yeah,
4: yeah she, she she's she's a, she's so and you know what i love is that that's her you know some people pull it on mm. you know um and I think to their detriment, to be honest, because like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys heard in the news or like about Tamar um, Braxton. She was like, I think a few weeks ago, like she was saying that she, I think she had a suicide attempt a few weeks ago. It was in the Shade Room and all that.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's
4: crazy. And it's like, that's so sad. And when I was talking about reality show, I was thinking, like going into reality TV, I was thinking, gosh, like, I don't want to hurt the family. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, mm. I think it's our job as a brand to protect the family. But I think one of the things that does that is when when I switch to cameras on, don't change who you are. Like, and that was one of the sort of, like, the directions. And with with and the mom, you, she she's like, literally, you turn off the camera, this is who she is. You put the camera on, this <laughs> is who she is. So she's not trapped in being a persona, you know, because I think that mm-hmm. can, I'm not saying that's what Tamar's doing, but I'm just saying it, it can, the pressure when you put the camera on to I mean, if you put cameras on anyone, is this sort of, like... This sort of, I'm going to be a certain way.
3: Especially in a conversation when it's around religion, where everyone wants to jump down their throat anyway. Absolutely. You know, it already evokes emotion. So,
1: um it, it's a tall order. As the um, the creator, then, I mean, you talked about how other shows on the network um get their fair share of criticism do you feel like you have to protect this family almost because there's so much not just within the black community but speaking widely um you know there's so much to be said about reality tv and how dangerous it can be and that people get trolled and they get um yeah you know people saying horrible things on social media and you know do you feel like there's a a responsibility you have Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just not just with the Ramses, but
4: with, you know, with all, everyone that we put out, you know, like my uh, just before the Ramses, we had another four part. My baby made me sick and it was postnatal depression and the whole sort of her not wanting to take antidepressants because she felt like that was going to be like a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just somehow felt like if she took antidepressants, then it was almost like she didn't believe that God could do it. And she was just so torn. Anyway, when she pulled it out, she got backlash. And again, I felt like I always feel the need to protect. And I think doing that is just saying, look, we can pull this off um, at any point. We can stop this at any point. Um, With interviews, we can, you know, when you're doing press run, you can say we're not going to ask this or we are going to ask that. And I think just being taking a responsibility and just being forthright about our boundaries is super important in this business anyway. Um, and I just find that because sometimes when you go into the rooms, as we are, you know, we're going into the rooms and we're we're still pitching and we're doing all those things and you think, oh my God, I'm in the room. And it's almost not only this imposter syndrome, like you're just grateful to be in the room. It's like anything they give you, you're like, oh, I'll take it. And I think that sort of position is is harmful. Um, So we yeah. still go into the room with our boundaries. Um, doesn't matter what check you're sliding across the table we're still going in with our boundaries, equally with faith as well, because I think sometimes when you put faith and religion on the table, they want to exploit that. So they want to sort of say, you know, um, I don't know, it could be something wild. And it's like, well, actually, that's not my belief. And I don't want to put out something that is not my belief. I will respect your belief, but you're not going to use me to say something that's contrary to my faith. Um, so we have boundaries in many respects, just because if not... Yeah, but so we've, equally with Ramsey's, we've had to have loads of conversations. They, As I said, they share very openly about the story of their daughter being pregnant. Um, and, you know, we had to really have conversations about that and saying, you know, what do you, do you want to revisit this? How, do, what's the angle you want to take, you know, and just being oh, really ask intentional. You about
3: that. Is that something that you spoke about in the programme?
4: Yeah, they did. They really spoke up And she did, and, you know, her daughter's now a lot older from when we were filming, but, yeah, she spoke about how she found out she was pregnant. They spoke about the church, and the, the congregants also spoke about... Because I think they presented that she was pregnant to the church. Oh,
2: wow.
4: Um, and they had to sort of say to the church, oh, they're pregnant. And then she... I think they also had to go... they, they had to go to their bishop as well and sort of report to the bishop that, you know, um, she was pregnant. And they said... And they said and the, the bishop like said... An elder.
3: an elder elder? yeah yeah.
4: um and he said you know just make sure there's no shame on her like they that was the first thing that they said that the bishop said um which i thought was really just lovely and powerful because yeah again the perception to church is like oh you're going to be shamed you're going to be shunned Mm -hmm. you're going to be um so for him as the elder and the bishop to sort of be like just make sure make, make sure there's no shame there um i think i thought was cool so yeah
2: I was just going to say, because yeah. you brought up boundaries. Um, mm. So in the process of, again, walking into the room with these gatekeepers, do you ever have to walk away? I mean, are you pitching show, the show to the network as it stands? Yeah. Um, and are you going down that route or, route or are you going down the route of self-publishing and putting it out on your own?
4: Yeah, so it's a bit of both with W Talk always. But with, with Ramsey's, we're doing it, we're pitching it, we're pitching it to broadcasters, Um, even as we speak. Um, We're doing a lot of stuff in America where faith-based is a lot more palatable and Mm. it's not so much of a foreign language. And then we're seeing how we can then bring that back in terms of studios back here to the UK. Whereas, you know, traditional broadcasters in the UK, they have typically songs of praise and it doesn't really extend that much.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Stop it. It's not even a hymn you
4: want to be singing. Stop. You know, and actually, it's so funny because I sit on a board for something called Christians in Media... And um, the producer of Song of praise also sits on that board with me, and he's don't oh give no. a, He's a lovely. He's no, he's a he's a lovely man. But you just see that actually he's a Christian, and he's producing songs of praise, and I have W talk, and our <laughs> stories could not be more different. You know, our mm. worlds could not be more different. So yeah, we're pitching it, and then equally, what really in this time, I'm really passionate about building a brand and ha- making sure we have our own, so that we can walk away, and we have mm. walked away, so that we're not at the mercy of anyone um so that if you if if it is something that they're causing us to compromise you know i don't know if you've ever heard of devon franklin but like yeah. he's you know he's a boss in this mm. game and he he's been he's a
3: good boyfriend husband
4: yeah so yes, oh i have their book the way the way yeah, yeah yeah i had i didn't have the way, but i had um produced oh, look at me i can't remember it produced by faith and actually i've been able to contact and speak to him and he's also been really helpful in my own journey because he in that space that's and yeah he's really he's really a n- nice guy and he's also like don't compromise that's always his key sort of thing don't compromise mm-hmm. who you are the minute you compromise and say all right then well let's bring in loads of different faiths and it's like, at the moment what i'm trying to do is the christian faith because that's authentic to me um so yeah so building your own platform allows you to say oh well if you don't want it We'll build our own basically
3: so yeah yeah and it allows you to tell the story that you want to tell doesn't absolutely
4: it? yeah yeah it's i think so.
3: interesting what you were saying actually
2: about that the uk is not as forward about um or progressive about discussing yeah. religion in in ways that are unconventional do you think there's a difference for that because for me when i was growing up you can see religion in literally every aspect of everybody's life in Jamaica. We were during the yeah. midst of COVID. Actually, there's a scene, there's a me, uh, video that I put up where people are standing in line and they're actually singing a hymn wow. just to like pass the time, and it's a really powerful thing. So it's very mm. much embedded within the culture. And I don't know if that if if there's a distinction between the UK and what the US is doing. What differences have you found? Yeah, well, I f-
4: it's so interesting because I think. It is embedded, it's embedded into US culture, you know, everything is God bless America, whether you are, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean, whether you're sort of Christian or not, you know, and I, as I said, I did the New York bar, I spent a lot of time out there, they're very sort of like, you know, they will pray, they're more open with it. And I think, I think here in the UK, we are just more reserved and conservative in nature, um, we're conservative of how we speak about money and we're conservative about how we speak about religion um, you know and that sort of translates into the culture um, so people are not as open um, so when you go to UK broadcasters different who as we know are serving you know predominantly a white community they have sort of like Church of England I grew up in the Church of England church um school I went to a Catholic girls school um you know where you sang you sent you know you sang all the hymns and all of that sort of stuff but beyond that um people don't typically say oh I you know this is what I believe you know they don't really talk about their politics they don't talk about their religion and they don't talk about their money and we see that we see that in entertainment and we see that in media and we see that. When I'm talking to commissioners or producers, and you know, when I when I very when I first started this one of my very first meetings was with Sony, and um, they were like, and it was a it was an American lady, another lovely lady, been really blessed, but she was here. She she married an Englishman, so she was here, and she was like, the first thing she said to me, she was like, "What are the are the Christians here?" Like, she just was like, "Is this gonna." Where's your market, sort of? And so when I was bringing her the numbers and you, was, when I was telling her stuff like about Hillsong, and she was blown away. She's like, in America, yeah, because you have, as I said, miracles of heaven. Heaven is for real. Even Greenleaf, which is you know, if you like, damaging somewhat to the thing, it, it still was able to go on TV because the black church, the mega churches, Joe Losting's churches everywhere. Whereas here in the UK, it's you go to church on Christmas. On Easter,
3: <laughs> um, I was talking to my friend the other day, and he was saying the only time I go to church is on my grandma's birthday every it's year. Ooh, yeah, we all got to be there, and the family packs out the church. And I was thinking, my grandma does the same thing, and it's if so you're one minute late, you get that look. Listen, <laughs> and you better listen. Just, you better just stay at home at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not even worth it. <laughs> exactly.
4: So yeah. So. Whereas, don't get me wrong, there is still a massive, massive amount of people who attend conferences, are in church every week, millennials and Gen Z. But that how they're relating with faith is just different, I guess.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I just, um, I want to ask about um, something a bit more serious. But, um, you know, obviously 2020 has been a really strange year for a lot yeah. of people. And I think for some people it's forced them to kind of, almost question their faith when you talk about the amount of loss and suffering that's happened this past year whether that's at the hands of brutality racism covid like all kinds of things and i guess like a show coming out about a religious family at time like this i guess what what do you hope the message is and what do you hope that your wider network will kind of bring to people at a time where it just feels like everything is very gloomy
4: yeah I think it's a great question and I think you know it really I mean obviously you know we this week we've had Chadwick and you just think to yourself goodness me like what is going on a lot of people are hurting in a lot of ways and for me 2020 not only have we as you said we've seen racism which has divided the church actually you know I'm um, I just it's divided it's divided the church in terms of what we believe and race and all of those things but for me if i'm honest like i, w- I want to communicate faith to a culture like i want to communicate hope to a culture i want people to be hopeful um i want people to to know that there is still tomorrow like there's a lot of people particularly in lockdown and they were by themselves for whatever reason they were in lockdown by themselves they didn't have family didn't have anything like that and it sort of further emphasized the the power of community, the power of family, you know, all of these things I think are ingrained in the Christian, in the Christian culture and the Christian faith. Um, So when putting out a show like Ramsey's, it is just that. It's about, look, life's not perfect. They're not perfect, you know, but like, be hopeful. Like, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think everyone needs to hear it, if I'm, to be honest with you. And the world's so polarised. I can't even go on Twitter. That's what Instagram forget, like... I don't I don't go, I don't, I don't even deal with that one because I'm not even, that's above me now. Um, <laughs> like, everyone's polarised, everyone's pick a side. It can be so draining. Um, And I think where there's been so much loss, there's been collective, there's been collective mourning and there's been collective grief. And I think I said to my husband, actually, I said, 2020 has really reminded us of our mortality. Like, mm. it's really reminded us of like, gosh, tomorrow isn't promised. Like, um, you know, even the Bible, not that I'm coming here to preach to you ladies, but even the Bible talks about teach us to number our (laughs) days. (laughs) Like, you know, teach us to number our days. Like, give us today our daily bread. Be grateful for today. I think as a culture as well, we're always on the hustle. We're always on the grind. We're always on the next big thing. We're like, and we're always something There's always this this feeling of dissatisfaction. Like even I have it as well. I can be like, oh my gosh, this is great. I've just been commissioned <laughs> here, and it's like it's okay for like two days, and then I'm, I'm onto that next Got grind. You know, and it's exhausting. Point to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. I hope that not only with ramsey's reality when you watch their beautiful family but everything that releases from the w talk brand just allows us to to pause to to number our days to be grateful for what we have um to cherish the moments that we have with each other and all of these things i think i genuinely think are wrapped up and enriched in what i believe is the faith um so i think the world needs it right now it mm-hmm. really needs to just have some good <laughs> vibes and you just even when you think of like um, just the loss and how people mm. just lived out their purpose um, and just lived out their days you know I think that again I was inspired this week to be like look Toby every day I open my eyes don't let me be like oh this is my to do list like let me mm. open my eyes and be like oh my gosh like new breath new life like thank you you know mm. um, so I hope that it sort of just renews perspectives on those sorts of things which I think yeah. the whole world needs basically yeah
2: yeah, it's so easy to lose track of those things to um, learn to celebrate the small mm. wins and just be grateful for the small things sometimes. Yeah. Um where do we watch Ramsey's reality? Yes, so
4: so you can watch it on the W Talk network at the moment. We've got you just go to the site it's wtalk.com um and you should be able to find it. You, we've I always said to people there's on there there's a membership site. The reason there's a member because you know with black people not even let me not do that actually. With all people. <laughs> <laughs> let me not do that. Let me not do that. that, that it's not true. a black thing. It a like say, it's, a, it's an all thing. It's an all thing. But it's just you know, my my lovely people, my lovely team, they've got to answer emails of like, you know, it's for God. Why is it why are you paying? You know, or it's for like
3: God, people
4: start to eat. You know, it's like, oh my goodness mate. It's like, do you know, like, actually, as you said, we've got to eat. Like, we've got families out here in these streets. So, but there's a free trial anyway, so if you want to come and cancel afterwards you can cancel. But because <laughs> I can still get you on view. Um, so you watch it on the Wtalk.com um and the, you know it covers as i said marriage relationship um teenage pregnancy knife crime because um their son had a moment too um and so yeah they just pull it all out there and as i said we're in the mid, we're in the midst of sort of pitching and and have, going through that journey to um to, to have a co-production and pull it on hopefully wider screens
2: no thanks for coming on and thanks for sharing with us i feel like um as I said, religion is something that we don't get a chance to talk about very mm-hmm. often. And it's really amazing to see it on the on a mainstream platform mm-hmm. that's kind of entertaining because so much of the conversation around religion is quite serious. Yeah. And this feels like the perfect balance between being light and entertaining, mm-hmm. but also leaving us with some real gems. So I'm really excited to watch it. I'm sure all of us are going to check it oh, out. Bless you
4: guys. Thank you. I appreciate it, ladies.
2: So thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from. On Twitter and Facebook, we are Dope Black Women. And on Instagram, we're Women one We'll be back with you next week. Until then, stay blessed and
1: unapologetically black. All the way black. Blackly black. Blacktastic. Hey! Hey! <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know that I'm out of quarantine people are genuinely talking about the Adele thing but they love it they think it's hilarious nobody's <laughs> offended that's your thing they're like yes Jamaican
4: flag <laughs> <laughs> hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes
0: from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility.
4: Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.